Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Basically, there's a scripture in Revelations that says, come up here and I will tell you things that you need to know. I will show you things that you need to know. Come up here is, is our new theme for this month. Amen? Yeah. So we want to tell you about coming out of your, your you know, coming out of your, I was going to say mundane, but that's, that's unfair. Coming out of your life and breaking away and coming up to the mountain of the Lord. Coming up to my mountain, I call it a mountain, but it's actually a hill. It's, it's Chapman Hill. It's no secret. I go up there daily, up to Chapman Hill. I have time there. I have my Moses time up there, and uh, it's awesome. I, I'm still looking for that burning bush, but uh, one day, one day. And I will see that platypus, too. There's a little gully on the flat near the... Anyway, uh, it's one of my pet things. I want to see a live platypus. When I see the live platypus, that's it. That'll be a sign from God. That'll be a sign from God to, to create an emblem over this church as a platter. No. And, um, and, uh, and so my time is up at Chapman Hill. Uh, we did seven years up at the hill uh, praying. We went up high. Mountains are symbolic of meeting with God in the Bible. 500 times mountains are mentioned um, in the Bible. Uh, symbolically, but physically, the landscape of the Bible is full of mountains, amen? So I want to take you through a few mountains. And in actual fact, when we were away on our break, uh, we actually went up a mountain on the mid-north coast, and, uh, and it was fantastic. We loved it. But um, let's just throw some images up, and I'll try and feed from those, uh, and then I'll kick into my... Well, this is amazing. This, this is where? Have a guess. Palm Beach, Lighthouse, Home and Away is just down the road, the house Home and Away. But right where the photo starts, that was a caravan camping ground in the 60s. 74, it was reclaimed. 1974, the government reclaimed it. So that's where I used to camp in the 60s, early 70s, amen? And as a 10-year-old, as a I, might, I might have been about 12. Um, It'll sound better if I'm 12 because it'll make my parents uh, better parents. As, when I was 12, I'd be camping there, loving the surf. Man, the 60s were great. You should have been. Anyway. Um, <laughs> had flowers in my hair. No, I didn't. I was only 12. Um, I, I, I would look at that lighthouse and it just seemed so high, that whole point just seemed so high, that, that whole outlook there. And, and you know what? The boy in me said, I've got to go up there. I've got to get up there. So I, I w climbed up the craggy face, and, and I saw my first snake. I, I got up there somehow, checked a, a lighthouse out. I got to the end to look down over the expanse of the ocean. Uh, and as a 12-year-old, I just, just had to dare myself, go closer, go. There was these slippery rocks, little tiny little slippery rocks, and I'm just getting close, and it was a hot day, and the wind was sort of blowing, 
and I got to the edge and I've tasted my mortality for the first time. Like, I could slip here. And what if I could fly if I had to? No, you can't. And the wind came, and, and that's where I first tasted my first taste of mortality. The other time was yesterday on the high seas uh, on that ferry ride from Edelong. It usually is quite a safe ride. Yes, moving on. So I have a thing about high ground. Moving on to the next uh, image, thank you. And um, yes, high ground is awesome. Uh, you can do it by yourself. Uh, that's a great image, isn't it? Just, just having a time of just, yeah... And a lot of people like to pray on high ground. That's Julie. And uh, yes, Lord, that does look like the mid-north coast. And then you've got partners to do. Uh, one of the great partners I had on Chapman Hill was Ty McDonald and Frank Flannery. Frank Flannery and Ty McDonald were my prayer partners seven years on Chapman Hill Lookout in the birthing of this church. Yes, you do need a hand to get up to that high ground. You need a church. Great giving message. Rah, great message. This is exactly what he's talking about. This is exactly what he's talking about. We need a hand to get it. And of course, this is the crew. This is my crew at, on the mid-north coast. And uh, if you look really hard, you can actually see Tim. I wish Tim and Colleen McGraw were here. You could just see their caravan uh, out there. But, but sorry, guys. Anyway, and, and that's us. And that is called, um, that, that's a, that is a mountain. It's a fully-fledged mountain. It's not a hill because it is... Uh, 1,200 meters high, meaning four, uh, 1,200, did I say 1,200 meters? 4,400 4, feet high. This is a serious mountain. Who knows which mountain it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. North Brother. Someone said it over here. I just heard it. North Brother. Yeah, he's the rural guy. He knows these mountains. And um, yeah, th this is us. For me, for the first time, getting up to, I've always been around it saw it from a distance. There's three of these mountains, north, middle, and south, brother? Of course there is. Uh, and, and that's us. <laughs> and, there, and we got up there, the first time actually we went up there was after a movie. We got up there about nine o'clock and literally we drove up into, at night, about 9.30 at night, we drove up into the clouds. It was, we were in the clouds. Couldn't see anything. It was at night, but we were in the clouds and it just felt like, my God, this is what Moses... Must, this is what it was like with Moses getting the Ten Commandments. The cloud was thick, it was, you know, shaken and thunder and storming and everything frightening. Climbing the mountains of the Lord, thank you. So one important mountain, of course, is we might go backwards. We might go backwards from the tallest mountain. Mount Ar that's Ararat is where Noah's Ark settled uh, after the flood. And, uh, and of course... That is famous for that. Mount Sinai is actually the mountain where Moses got his uh, download of the Ten Commandments. And, uh, and of course, that's about the old, that's the, that's the covenant. That was, the covenant was signed, sealed, done right there in the Ten Commandments being given to Moses. Come down another level. Uh, and what level is it? Uh, it's worth mentioning. 2,710 feet. Hang on, which... I said um, North Brother was 4,400 feet. So North Brother was between Mount Olives and Mount Sinai. So our mountain is between Mount Sinai, no, Mount Olives and Mount Sinai, the mountain we went up to on mid-north coast. Um, Mount, Mount Sinai, I said that, Mount Olives, come down, yeah, Mount Olives, uh, Jesus prays there uh, prior to his arrest and crucifixion. 
Uh, and of course, he, later he ascends the Mount of Olives into heaven. Apparently, he's coming back there in his second coming. Uh, but the Mount, uh, Mount Zion is a very special mountain. Mount Zion, uh, David captured that area, became city of David, later the location of Solomon's temple, Jerusalem's temple. Okay, so that is, that is very important too. Mount Carmel, you know Mount Carmel, Elijah takes on the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, he throws the gauntlet down, he overcomes the prophets of Baal, and a full-blown encounter with the powers of darkness and the power of light. Who loves that stuff, amen, on Mount Carmel? Uh, the next mountain is, Mount, uh, is, is the Sermon on the Mount. Ah, oh, no, did I, did I miss one? Yeah. I meant Mountain of Transfiguration, which is one of the most important mountains. Why? Because Jesus is transfigured and he has Moses who represents the law and he has Elijah who represents the prophets and he fulfills the law and the prophets. Amen. That's why he's standing on transfiguration, the Mount of Transfiguration, and all of a sudden the full-blown glory of God breaks out over Jesus. He's illuminated, but standing beside him is Moses who represents the law, the, the word, the law, and, and of course, Elijah, who represents the prophets. And Jesus is a fulfillment of both. Let's give it up for Jesus right there. Powerful. Mount Carmel, I said that, Elijah. And uh, of course, this is powerful. Sermon on the Mount, our last mount. Jesus delivers the Beatitudes, the Lord's Prayer. Like Moses received the word of God, Jesus reenacts that by giving the Beatitudes, which are full of grace and a whole new game plan for mankind. So Moses gets the Ten Commandments. Wow, you know, try this on people. Wow, this is going to be tough, man. You know, we've got to do all this stuff to just please God. That's why the Old Testament is full of, if you please God, you'll get what you deserve. If you don't please God, you'll get what you deserve. Amen? Yeah. Now Jesus comes, he makes that sacrifice and now it's all about what Jesus did, and you get what you don't deserve. Don't deserve. Amen. Amen? So no matter if you're blowing it, if you haven't come to church much, and you don't even own a Bible, geez, God is loving you through His Son, Jesus. You've got to understand that. There's no more jumping through hoops of the Old Testament. If I do this, if I do this, Deuteronomy 28, if you do this, you'll be blessed. If you do that, you'll be blessed. If you do this, now, if you don't, you'll be cursed, you'll be cursed, you'll be cursed, you'll be cursed. No, that's not our game plan anymore. You'll be blessed, you'll be blessed, you'll be blessed, you'll be blessed. Through grace. By faith. When faith meets grace, you will be blessed. Amen? So these, these mountain experiences are so real. Amen? Let's look at this. The title of the, the message is Come Up Here. Come Up Here. Fantastic. Good timing. Micah 4.1. Let's look at the word. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. I'll say that again. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest mountain. This is really talking about when Jesus comes back and sets up permanent rule for a thousand years. When he comes back, Armageddon, he settles that, he judges the nations, and he comes back to Jerusalem and he sets, he sets the kingdom in place across the planet. Is that good news? But in the meantime, this is happening. Churches are rising. 
In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established. The mountain of God's church is arising out of the ashes, out of the, the corruption of this world. Amen? It will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills and people will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. Say this, teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. He's a righteous God. If you get in harmony with his righteousness, you will live righteously. Amen. When I say he will love you, he will love you, he will love you. It doesn't dismiss the fact that we can sin. Amen. That we're sinners and that, and, that, and that sin can disrupt God's love affair with us. Amen? But when you walk in harmony with God's grace, with his ways of, of, of righteousness, you then live righteously. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Everyone is, I hope everyone in this church is vying for God, wanting to go up to the mountain and, and find his presence. Yesterday, we had a great family day. I got home, and uh, it, it was just such a great day, but I knew I had to start tuning in. Usually, Saturday is my Sabbath day, praying and studying the Word, and, and the Lord just graced me with such a fabulous day. And I, it, it was, I was actually a little bit emotionally chuffed because I'd gone back to where I ascended the, the lighthouse of the Lord, amen, as a 12-year-old and had that experience which started my journey of ascending, going up, amen, having this, uh, I, I guess, propensity to get away with God. I've always had it. It's just a gift I have. Always having this desire to come away out of the crowds. I like engaging crowds, the life of the party. Then I've had enough and then I've got to retreat back and I've got to ascend. And yesterday afternoon, I did that on my back veranda and I just felt the presence of God. I just felt, man, oh my God, this is real stuff. I could sit here, look down at my backyard over the river and I just feel relaxed. I feel that you love me. I feel blessed. And God, I've had such a great day. I've had such a good week, but I've had such a good morning. This is, this is how God wants you to be sometimes. He wants you to take stock of your situation, pull back out of your chaos even, out of your troubles, out of your work, out of your superior intellect. Pull back, be like a child. Some people are so clever, they can be just engaged all the time. They're, they're, they're play, or even right now. They're designing new machinery and inventions and new, new litigation for government and, 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 and whatever. But just chill. Just relax. Kick back in the presence of God. And that's what God ultimately wanted for us. Amen. He wanted this relationship with, with us. So the first one, come up, let's go up to the mountain. Exodus 19, verse 10 to 13. God calls his people to the mountain to meet with him. And the Lord said to Moses, Exodus 19, verse 10, And the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people, consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day, because on the day of the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them, Be careful. So you can't approach God in these days. You couldn't approach God haphazardly. 
Only Moses was allowed ultimately to go before him. But he did eventually say, Aaron can come up and look, if the priests come with him, make sure they're clean because this, this holiness stuff will just blow them out of the water. Amen? So this is the Old Testament, all right? This is not the New Testament. In the New Testament, I should qualify myself right now. In the New Testament, we can approach God through Christ. We can approach the throne of, of righteousness right now. It says, in Hebrews, it says, come confidently to the throne of grace. So you can go straight. You don't have to go through Aaron. You don't have to go through Moses. You don't have to go through Aaron. You can just go through Jesus. You can go straight to the throne of grace. Is that good news? But he's actually saying here before Jesus came, he said, look, I want to meet with my people. I want to meet with the people of God, but please, I'm going to put some parameters around. And if you, if you feel you can go up higher and meet with me, go for it. But look, there is some, there's some stuff you've got to understand. Verse 13, and it talks about some judgments there. They are, not judgments, but they are to be stoned or shot with arrows. Not a hand is to be laid. They are not to be stoned or shot with arrows. Not a hand is to be laid on them. No person or animal shall be permitted to live. Only when the, and it goes on, basically just be careful in approaching. In Exodus 19, 17 to 20, it says this, the Israelites stood at the foot of the mountain, so they're a little bit fearful now. There are all these restrictions. They go, whoa, uh, we're being called up, but these conditions, they're pretty heavy, man. We're going to get zapped and uh, we're a little bit fearful, actually. Um, how about we just wait down here? You go up, Pastor Phil, you go up and meet with the Lord. We, we will hold tight here. And, and, and do what we do best here. And, and we're just waiting for you. Anyway, verse 17, Exodus 19, 17. Then Moses led the people out of the camp. Okay, so they're on their way to meet with God. They're going to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. The Lord de descended to the top of Mount Sinai and called to Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses went up. But his desire was for the entire camp. Deuteronomy 5.27 says it like this, Go near and listen to all that the Lord our God says. Then tell us, this is what the people says, Go near and listen to the Lord our God says. Go, Pastor Julie, you go up. You're the God woman. You go up to the mountain of the Lord. You hear God and, and you just tell him, you, you tell us what he's saying. Go near and listen to all that the Lord our God says. Then tell us whatever the Lord our God tells you. We will listen and obey. Exodus 20, 21. Uh, the people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. You know, some people are still doing that even now. Many believers still coming to church even and saying, look, you guys, you pray, you fast, you look at your, you study your Bible you go up to the mountain of the Lord. You go up, you do your mountain stuff. Just come down and tell us what you want us to do. That's exactly what Israel was saying. Who wants to go up to the mountain of the Lord? Who's keen to go up to the mountain of the Lord? See, not a lot of hands. It's good. You, you know, it, it's those people who didn't have to think about it. Hands went straight up. I'm in that. It's the people who go, whoa, I'm not sure about that. That's cool. It's a big deal to go and meet. So two, the two uh, second point of the message is, God will teach us his way. Psalm 103, verse 7. Israel knew his acts. Moses knew his ways. It's not a long sermon this morning, but it'll be powerful. Israel knew his acts. Moses knew his ways. 
Psalm 103, verse 7, he made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. So Moses drew near to God and learnt his ways, meaning this, the nature of who he really was. Israel drew back and only knew of his acts, the things that he does, amen? When you know someone's ways, you know how they operate. When you know someone by their acts, you only know what you expect from them. Do I hear an amen? If you only get to see the acts of God and never take the opportunity to learn of his ways, you're in danger of falling into idolatry. And we saw this with the people of God. Moses went up and what happened? God wasn't moving. We've got to do something here. We need something visible. We need something tangible. Let's build a calf. Moses is gone. We're not hearing much. It's pretty dead. You know what? Let's build, an, let's build a calf. Get all the jewelry, the gold, build a calf. Let's worship that. Let's worship that. Let's worship the thing that we can see. But God wants to be worshipped. The invisible God wants to be worshipped for who he is. Amen? Not by what he does. Some people get disheartened. Well, I haven't seen God do this for me. I've been sick for a long time. I mean, uh, my kids are still out of order. You know, I still haven't got a job. You know, when's God going to act? When is he going to act? When is he going to act? But God is. And that's how we should worship God, for who he is. Amen? People, you know, I've met some staunch anti-church people, not Christians, and they go, well, I haven't seen God work in my life. You know, I prayed once, one lady, she really flared up with me. Because she had an incident in her life and just tried to be nice and pastoral. And she had a bad car accident. One of family members was killed. And, well, I haven't seen God really gave me sort of a shut me down virtually about talking about, you know, God being able to turn things around for good, you know. And, uh, oh, well, you know, I don't care about God. You know, if God treated me like that, I don't want to know about God. But God, hang on. Let me try and tell you about the nature of God. God's a good God. He's a faithful God. He, he, you know, he, he didn't do that on purpose. So one of our great, one of our great um, evangelization tools is to talk about the nature of God. Amen? Not to seek him just for what he does. I talked about faith and uh, going down the message, uh, guys, but... I talked about justifying faith, a faith that brings us into the living relationship with Jesus Christ. We talked about that. I talked about doctrinal faith. Faith, these are the upgrades of faith. So basically, you can have justifying faith, believing what Jesus did on the cross. You're getting saved through that. Doctrinal faith, on the other hand, that's when you start to read your Bible and find out the nature of God, who he is, why he does the things he does. Actually knowing the ways of God is doctrinal faith. And it it talks about... uh, this, understanding the nature, he that is God, that is the Lord, he's almighty, he is holy. And of course, the upgrade of that then is living or dynamic faith, living daily every minute in the rhythm of grace, living by faith, meaning you're interpreting life and everything that it throws at you by dynamic faith. Amen. Did you get that? So some people are just simple faith, Justification, faith, believing Jesus died on the cross. Yeah, I'm saved. That's it. That's, that's all I can handle. But then the upgrade is that, hang on, I found out God is, is, is merciful, kind, good. He, he, man, God, he, he, he's all these great things. And, and then the upgrade of that, of course, is the dynamic faith that you as a believer can live by. Amen? 
Who wants more faith, by the way? Come on. So let me just tell you quickly, in a nutshell, some of the ways of God. God is holy, holy and complete, perfect, worthy of worship. God is righteous. He always does what is right. He will never act in opposition to his nature. He is love. He's all, he is always right. God always loves. He loves all that he's made, even those that reject his love. He loves. He loves. He loves. He loves us as his children. He is merciful. God's forgiveness is an expression of his mercy. He does not deal with us as our sins deserve. In his mercy, he has provided Jesus to be the sacrifice for our sins. Amen. He is gracious. This is the nature. These are the ways of God. He is gracious. He can ne- we could never deserve to receive from God. Everything he gives us and does for us is a work of his grace. He is just. He always deals with his children justly. Amen. He is the judge. And of course, there will come a time when every man, woman will give an account for their life. In Scripture, you can see the phrase, I am. In the Old Testament, when Moses had that burning bush experience, he basically said, I am who I am. Meaning that I am who I am. I am gracious, long-suffering, merciful, kind. I am. Jesus says the same thing in his uh, statements by saying, I am the good shepherd. I have come to care. I've come to lead you out of darkness into the kingdom of God. I am the way. This is Jesus saying, now hang on, you're the, this would have freaked the Jews out that he was saying, I am. Because the Jews were all about God saying, I am, I am. Now hang on, who's this mad guy, Jesus, saying he is, I am. No, 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 hang on. Is he really the son of God? Is he really the son of God? And Jesus was actually saying, yes, I am, by stating this. I am the good shepherd. I am the way. I am the life. I am the resurrection. I am the door. I am the bread of life. I am salvation. Jesus, you are. PowerPoint. He is the creator. He is not an impersonal force, but a spirit with a personality who could be known as Father. He has revealed himself, his nature and personality through his son, Jesus Christ. That's why he came, for us to know him. God came with skin on. Jesus was God. We can see now God's ways through looking at the stories and and, and the history of Jesus. Amen. Who, Who is really God? What's his nature really like? Look at the story of Jesus. Look at his whole history of who he is. He's not an impersonal force, but a spirit who personally, who can be known as father. He has revealed himself, his nature and personality through his son, Jesus Christ. He loves, he forgives and saves those who put their trust in him. He gives eternal life to those who believe in him. He answers the prayers of those who have faith in him. Jesus, Jesus, you are, you are the great I am. Ephesians 4.13 says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge, hang on, see that? Is that up there right now? And in the knowledge, Ephesians 4.13, until we all reach unity, C3 Tugra, community of faith, hear me. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith 
and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Come up, church. Come up and see who God really is. Come up from just wanting God to do for you, to act for you. Come up and really see who the Lord is. Let's all stand right now. Father in heaven, we stand before you. We stand before you, Lord. (laughs) John chapter 4 actually says to the woman at the well, you know what? When she says, are you the one? Do we have to go worship at that mountain? Jesus actually says, there will come a time when you will no longer have to worship on this mountain or that mountain, but you just need to realize when I am crucified, when I've ascended, when I go to be with the Father and have paid that price for humanity, that you have been unlocked from all tradition and religion, from all the laws that I have fulfilled the law, I have fulfilled the prophets, and on that day, you will be able to stand in your church, in your lounge room, in your streets, wherever you may, and worship the Lord, how in spirit and in truth, how in spirit and in truth. You don't even need a church building. Church buildings help that because we can create, by combining our grace and our faith, we can create this atmosphere where the heavens can be open and miracles are possible and God breaks out in the assembly and we begin to help each other up the hill of the Lord, up the mountain of the Lord. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Those with clean hands. If you're struggling to come up and encounter God in your mountaintop experience, Lord, do this for me. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me if I've been like the Israelites and I've kept my distance from you. And I've said to the pastor or said to Joyce Meyer or said to some other spiritual person, you go up, you go up and meet God. Let the priest go up. Let the priest go. It's up to us. Husband, father of your home, of your family, it's up to you to go to the mountain of the Lord as the priest and meet with God. Meet with God. Come on, come on, come on. And that's why a lot of ladies are having to go up the mountain of the Lord themselves and find God themselves and because their men haven't gone up for them. Amen. Their men have been too busy plowing the ground and working and busy and doing all sorts of great stuff. But men and women, it's time to go up the hill of the Lord because God wants to tell you wonderful things. Jeremiah 33, 3. Pray, ask. And I will tell you things that you do not know. Maybe that needs you coming up, finding somewhere in your landscape of life to come up the hill of the Lord. It could be somewhere geographic. It could be somewhere at work. But come away when you're pressured by life and beat down by life. Say, excuse me, I just need to break out here and get away with the Lord and come up into the presence of the Lord right now Father in heaven let's lift up holy hands right now Father give me give me ingenuity give me creativity to meet with you to come away I don't want to be distant from you dear God I I no longer want to be distant from you Christ came that you may have a personal relationship with the great I am God the Father God the Son 
God the Holy Spirit. Our eyes closed in the house right now. If you feel you're not connected with God, somehow you've come to church this morning and you know what? You've never felt the personal force of love. You've never felt the personal force of forgiveness. You've never felt the personal power of mercy, grace and forgiveness. If you've never felt that on the inside of your heart, if you've never really felt that you can approach the throne of grace with confidence, as the Bible says in Hebrews, if you don't feel that, it's because you don't have a revelation of what Christ did for you. He's our sacrifice. He paid the price for all the sin, all the shortfallings, all our bad attitudes, all our stuff that separates, seemingly separates us from God. With eyes closed in the house, if you want a living, dynamic relationship with Jesus, the lover of your soul, to bless you with the understanding that you can meet God on that day and count yourself worthy to come into His presence. If you want that on the inside of you, if you want that, not just in your mind, but you want it in your heart of hearts, this morning I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. If that's you, if that's your friend next to you, give them a little nudge. Let them know what's happening right now, that there is a prayer being offered up, a prayer of salvation. Thousands of people all over the world are doing this right now. 180,000 people a day are being saved because they give their allegiance and give their heart to Jesus and are forgiven for their sin. That separation that you feel may be because you don't have Jesus on the inside of your heart. Who wants Jesus on the inside of their heart afresh? You maybe did it years ago. Maybe you thought you did it, but you're not quite sure now. It's a bit vague. It's a bit gray. You're not sure. But right now, I want to pray for anyone for 2015 who wants to stand confidently in the presence of God right now in the house of God say Jesus I do give you my heart I do want to be forgiven of all my sin I do want a living relationship with you from this day forward would you bless me with salvation would you bless me with forgiveness would you bless my soul right now in the in the house of God if that's you from the front to the back from this side to this side just lift your hands up on the count of three everyone praying in the house on the count of three We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. There is no greater love than that of yours. We want the world to know. So we'll rise in selfless faith to live like Christ for all our days.